Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well. Because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before I introduce today's special guest. I'm so happy to announce that I am now working on my next book. The title is Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again for Men. I've discovered 14 root causes of fatigue. I like to call them the fatigue factors. And in this book, I'll explain eight of the 14 and how they specifically relate to men. And of course, I'll include my own personal fatigue story, along with four or five other stories from real fatigue cases from my private practice. This book should be ready later this year, so keep an eye out for it. That's it for housekeeping, so let's get started. I'm so very excited about this week's show because my special guest is Nikki Gratrix. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Nikki is an award-winning, internationally renowned, registered nutritionist and health writer who helps people optimize their energy. In 2005, she co-founded one of the largest mind-body medicine clinics in the world that specialized in fatigue. Nikki is also the host of the Abundant Energy Summit. Nikki, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Thank you very much for having me, Dr. Carey. It's, uh, it's an honor to be part of your show. Nikki, why are you so interested in fatigue and, and helping people optimize their energy? Wow. Okay. That's a, a good question. Um, I'm interested, uh, partly it was a, a little bit of a personal connection I had um, when I met my ex-business partner, who also happened to be my ex-fiancé. And um, when I met him, he'd just recovered from very serious chronic fatigue. He'd been ill for seven years and had spent two years of those uh, that time bed-bound. And so he just recovered and had just written a book about his recovery. His name was Alex Howard. And this is what triggered me into getting more interested in, in this subject specifically. I'd always been very interested in all kinds of aspects of personal development, personal health, health and happiness. Um, but the focus came when I when I met Alex and um, we decided to co-found the clinic together in London in the UK. And so I sort of specialised my knowledge into that area. Um, and there was also a gigantic need for more information and so much uh, so much more that needs to get out there about that, especially chronic fatigue syndrome and, and ME, which is uh, myalgic encephalomyelitis, is probably you are well aware too. Yeah, and you know, part of the reason why I wrote my book on fatigue was I also had a personal experience with fatigue. And you're right, I find that a lot of people are out there really suffering with fatigue and chronic fatigue syndrome. And they go to their doctors, you know, to, to get some answers, they get some testing done and like, 
usually all the tests come back as normal. And then the doctor will tell them usually one of three things. They'll either say like, well, you just need a vacation. <laughs> or they'll say, um, I think you're starting a burnout and you need to take three months off of work. Um, or they'll say, um, all your tests are normal. I think you should start on an antidepressant. That's an all too common response, isn't it? Um, and it, it's it's very sad that that's the case. It's sad but true um, because chronic fatigue is not the same as depression. And someone can be depressed, as you, as you well know, that's a side effect of having chronic fatigue. Um, so these things are very different. Unfortunately, the conventional medicine model just doesn't understand this illness, this com um, chronic complex illness at all. So unfortunately, a lot of patients and people uh, get very little from that. And the very unsatisfactory sort of uh, treatment out there at the moment. And not to say that some people aren't helped by antidepressants. Some are, but not enough. Yeah, you know, a lot of patients, they come in and they know there's really something going on. They're re they know in their gut there's something wrong. And they know, and, you know, for the most part, an antidepressant is not going to fix that. And as you said, it's fatigue is very complex, especially chronic fatigue syndrome. So can you explain to our listeners, what is the difference between just regular fatigue and something like chronic fatigue syndrome? Yeah, that's a very important uh, definition that's that's needed uh, to be understood much more widely. So if somebody to actually get the diagnosis of chronic fatigue syndrome, you need to have these uh, multi four of about eight symptoms, um, including obviously um, fatigue, but also um, can be a range of things like uh, sleep problems, memory concentration issues, um, muscle pains and aches, um, digestive problems. And these needed to last at least more than um, six months. This is part of the, de uh, the criteria of the definition of chronic fatigue syndrome. However, the key defining factor is post-exertional malaise. This is the sort of defining focus of where a lot of the research is going to in terms of uh, um, the criteria. So, um, and that's the key thing because that right there is, is not the same as, say, depression very clearly. And a lot of people with depression can have those other symptoms that I just mentioned. But this one specifically is something that we need to watch out for. So this would be um, a failure of energy after doing some kind of exercise, either mental or emotional exertion. And then you can either have immediate uh, drop in energy or delayed fatigue onset. So it could hit a day or two later. And that's the, the key thing. So it's a real like a rationing of physical, emotional, mental activity. Um, and that's quite different as again, than somebody uh, in the state of depression. Very different. So again, um, but that's the key one. Yeah. Yeah. So again, for our listeners out there, the key difference is having this post exertional malaise. And really very simply, that's after you do a lot of mental work or a lot of physical work, physical exercise or mental exercise, that you feel... Uh, an abundance of fatigue, more so than that would be considered normal for that amount of physical exercise that you did or mental exercise that you did. And, and that can happen right after that activity or the next day or the next day. Yeah, 
delayed fatigue within a couple of days yes so and that that's very difficult that's very different than just being um not to minimize it but someone in burnout um sometimes it's quite hard to work out what the difference is between burnout and actual chronic fatigue syndrome the two things are different uh burnout is much more involved with uh, chronic overwork um it's it's it tends to be more uh, psychologically induced but you can have a full-blown physical and emotional uh, burnout but uh, it, it can turn into chronic fatigue syndrome, which is specifically that uh, that post-exertional aspect. So um, if, if you're having those kind of symptoms, that's where I would take note and don't do nothing about it. If you're having those kind of symptoms, that's where you really want to think about seeing a specialist in chronic fatigue syndrome, somebody who, who knows the illness, because um, you don't want to hang around. You want to start to, to do some stuff about that and uh, start to address some of the underlying causes. Yeah, you know, I think burnout and chronic fatigue syndrome and fatigue, they're all kind of on a continuum. And the ex- the most extreme would be chronic fatigue syndrome. Yes, right? I think so. Yeah, it more or less that. Um, I would say burnout, it, it, you're right, it's a continuum. Mm-hmm. There's another route in to getting chronic fatigue syndrome, which doesn't necessarily go via the bar- the burnout route. As you, So people can actually have a toxic or viral sort of uh, onset and a slow onset uh, at best at that too. So it's, um, yeah, so it's definitely on the continuum of the emotional route in. And there's a great big group of people who that, that is their main kind of underlying slow or fast cause into into the illness yeah so i was reading that basically one out of five people have chronic fatigue at some point in their lives and it's upwards of 17 million people around the world actually have diagnosed chronic fatigue syndrome it's just yeah. the numbers are staggering I know, and I and that was actually a conservative. At the moment, there's about one million Americans uh, diagnosed with uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, and that was being conservative and taking the narrower uh, case definition. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's actually up to four million, although ha- that have some form of fatigue, although quite a large group of that were actually depressed as well, sort of thrown in there. But we had to get more precise about the the definition. So yeah, it's a gigantic problem. Um, and it's it's probably only on the increase, unfortunately, with so many of the other, these other major illnesses as well. Um, and, it, you, and getting chronic fatigue syndrome is very serious. Um, it can pe- people with that, uh, fun- they can be more functionally impaired than people with type two diabetes, um, renal failure, congestive heart failure. These are what the published research studies show. So um, if there's many people, I'm even I'm amazed. I'm in this, obviously in this area, so I come across this a lot all the time, but I'm still amazed even in my sort of friends, family and sort of business connections, how many people I come across who say, oh yes, I know somebody who's had chronic fatigue syndrome or I know somebody with ME. It's my sister, my brother whether it's my friend it's the next door neighbor so almost everybody knows somebody now who's had it so i think it's been drastically underestimated um and un- well underdiagnosed because it's been so poorly understood so for our listeners out there you just heard nikki say the word me so me is the one of the medical terminologies for chronic fatigue syndrome it's it's called myalgic encephalomyelitis 
So that's, that's just correct. ME, myal myalgic encephalomyelitis. So if you, you want to do some research on the internet and really look for some good scientific research, you might look under chronic fatigue syndrome and you also might look under myalgic encephalomyelitis. And I'll have that in the podcast notes so you can cut and paste that word out of the podcast notes into your search engine. Great. Yep. Okay, so Nikki, when you have a patient that has true chronic fatigue syndrome, what are some of the underlying causes of it? Because as you said, it's very complex. Yeah, it's it's multifactorial. So there's a whole range of kind of uh, important physiological and um, brain-related factors that you'll want to consider, in, and separately to that, even psychological factors. So some of the core uh, physiological things that I'd be looking for, and of course, uh, well-known within the functional medicine community, but one of the top things is uh, issues related to the gut. And it's back to this idea that, that health really starts and ends, it seems, in the gut. And it is a huge, uh, hugely important area. There are um, research studies uh, linking uh, gut dysbiosis and uh, problems in the gut with chronic fatigue syndrome. The, re this, the, the early research is there. Um, so... Things like um, dysbiosis of the gut will create, uh, which is, so we have this nice uh, microbiota that's meant very important. 90% of our uh, cells are actually, in our bodies, are actually made of uh, the bacteria that's in our gut. Hugely important, um, huge factor in immunity as well. And if there's a problem with the gut bacteria where there's an imbalance in there, so we have an overgrowth of bad bacteria, there's a lot of consequences from that. And it's the toxins that are produced by the so-called bad bacteria that the kind of bacteria we don't want in our gut that then spreads to through the gut lining which becomes damaged and becomes systemic in the body and when that happens the key thing you want to focus on with fatigue obviously is those toxin, toxins actually affecting mitochondrial function and mitochondria are the little uh, parts of our bodies that are the energy uh, sort of the, the power cell or the power section of all of our cells so we have 50 trillion cells in the body and almost every single cell has this little bit in it called the mitochondria which produces ATP which is the energy currency of the body so when we have a problem in the mitochondria there's your energy rationing so when I talked about post-exertional fatigue that's the the strongest correlation is a problem with mitochondria with that symptom so this is what when, when you just said it gets complex it, you can understand if you take some time just to take it in it's just that um, we're looking at sort of causes caused by other causes that are underlying and due to other things so it's like this, syst uh, this system approach that you need so it's not just like a one shot idea that one thing goes wrong and that causes your fatigue so you can get the problem with the gut that can lead to mitochondrial malfunction um, it also leads to brain malfunction, so toxins to the gut can also go up to the brain. There you get a lot of memory and concentration problems as well. So that's some of the that's just an idea of some of the core stuff that you would that I would be looking at straight away. I'd be wanting to look at gut health, and you'll need to obviously look step even further back and say, okay, well, what could be the factors affecting gut health? So you're looking at things like food sensitivities, uh, chemical sensitivities, use of antibiotics in the past, all these kind of things that can ultimately cause changes in the gut. You'll want to correct the environment to get any sort of factors in the environment out of your environment. You'll want to then heal the gut and the gut lining and sort out the gut bacteria 
when you've done that, you can then come in with these other things um, like targeted support to reboot mitochondrial function. So usually we'd start with the gut and then we'll do targeted for support for other areas. And there's a lot of things that can go wrong in people's bodies once they have sort of chronic fatigue syndrome. The gut, obviously, mitochondria, we have adrenal fatigue that could have occurred. The thyroid can be going a little bit out of balance. And just it's very different for each different person, each different patient. So you'll be wanting to do a full kind of clinical assessment to find out, okay, how's this person's particular fatigue? How is it manifesting? What particular systems and organs of the body are most out of balance as a result? And what is their particular root cause in their environment? So I mentioned some people it will be, you know, maybe they really are truly gluten sensitive. Others may have had a chemical exposure. Um, It might be their mercury fillings and their amalgam fillings for example. So that's just some of the sort of aspects on the physiological side anyway. So you explained that perfectly. And that's just, you know, as you were explaining it, I just thought, well, I'm, you know, I'm totally in love with functional medicine. And, <laughs> and I really feel like that functional medicine will become the medicine of the future. And we're just, we're just, you know, starting that shift. And so as you were describing that, I thought, Okay, functional medicine is always about finding the root cause, find the cause, fix the cause, so you can get the body in balance and feel normal again. And it really is like a puzzle, and it can be so complex. And especially with patients with chronic fatigue syndrome, they all have to be looked at as unique because everything in your body is connected. But because there are so many factors, we have to figure out for the patient in front of us what is the most important thing that needs to be addressed to help unravel this web that's all tangled up and and as you were saying Nikki it could it a big part of it is gut health and mitochondrial health and then stepping back from that okay sometimes we also have to work on the brain sometimes we also have to work on the adrenals sometimes we have to really focus on food sensitivities and whatnot so Nikki what would you say are some of the key tests that should be run on patients that have chronic fatigue syndrome Okay, it's a good question. Uh, I think some of the basics, obviously this is somebody who's diagnosed already and has had a full kind of workup ruling out other serious causes of fatigue. Uh, At this stage, I think uh, obviously... Well, you see, this is it can be slightly debatable because many practitioners would say, look, if you have a chronic fatigue syndrome patient, you might as well take it for granted that the gut is out of whack, out of whack and that there's dysbiosis and so on. So there is an argument to to start just to go into treatment and get into sort of diet and lifestyle changes. Um I think it can be very useful, though, to do testing to check how the treatment's going. Mm -hmm. So um, especially uh, if the patient is not making the improvement you would expect. Mm -hmm. So the sort of things that I tend to do um, a lot of is uh, I will do um, testing for gut dysbiosis and signs of um, bad bacteria in the gut. Uh, And the testing for that's changing and improving all the time. We're getting into DNA sequencing of bacteria in the gut now, which I think is even more accurate than cultures of um, gut bacteria. Um, Leaky gut uh, and gut permeability testing. Again, some practitioners, myself included, would tend to leave that until later. So let's say you find there is the patient has all the signs and symptoms of a, a gut dysbiosis. So let's address it. And then if the patient's still not quite better, well, let's see, has the gut lining healed and do we still need to do more work there? So leaky gut and gut dysbiosis, that gut dysbiosis would include things like bad bacteria, parasitic um, sort of uh, and candida yeast overgrowths. 
Uh, I think that so it can be well worthwhile doing food sensitivity testing and in some cases chemical sensitivity testing as well, just so that you can know what's going on in your environment um, and what things you do really need to get out of your environment. And the key one is, for example, amalgam fillings. There's so many cases where people I've worked with who have sort of got really optimistic about I just if I just take my fillings out and my amalgams out, I'll be better. And unfortunately, it's really not true for everyone so that's an area where actually getting testing done to see are you actually having a problem with your uh, amalgam fillings and are they a problem for you because they are a problem for some people and not others and this is the key thing it's a it's a specific reaction Uh, it's not the same impact amalgam fillings don't have the same impact on everybody so uh, people can spend a lot of money getting rid of their amalgam fillings and it's to no use and it doesn't work so that's one area where i do do uh, quite a lot of testing as well i happen to be a fan of using cyrex labs testing for that i think they're state of the art in that area with our lovely dr uh, ari vojdani uh, who's uh, kind of the leading expert in that kind of testing but i should just say there's there's one other aspect to this and just as if it wasn't complicated enough, that's some, of the, that's some of the key physiological testing. There's an area, there was a big theme on, on the summit that I ran, which was um, this idea of, of limbic kindling. And I just want to talk about this because this is the aspect of the brain in chronic fatigue, which has been not well grasped or understood yet. But there are clinics working with it very successfully. And limbic kindling is this idea that a chemical or an environmental toxin, uh, or it can be microbial and it can be a psychological thing like an emotional trauma, can actually get programmed into the unconscious part of the brain, the limbic system. And when that happens, it's as if you literally almost are having a neurological sensitivity to certain things. And this can be caused by a one-off shock to the brain, or it can be a low-level intermittent exposure, which over time reduces the threshold required for a sensitivity response to those environmental factors. So this was a big... It's very interesting if people listen to my summit, we have Dr. Vajdani on the one hand saying and Dr. Tom O'Brien and all the greats of functional medicine talking about this immunological testing we need to do and just get it all out of the environment. That can be part of it and the other aspect is um this is this extra thing we need to consider that literally it can also uh, those exposures can disorder the brain and cause limbic system disorder and you can do great you can heal the gut you can get rid of these these things going on in the environment you can have a good a good gut again and that the patient still has multiple chemical sensitivity or still reacting and it's because there's a neurological reaction occurring where the brain is having a fight flight response because it's it's in the state of stress and fear and has been trained to react that way to those exposures, either from a toxic one-off shock or this low-level intermittent exposure. So we can have an extreme reaction. Now, I don't know if that's purely a neurological thing or because of psychoneuroimmunology, which is the science behind the mind and the body, it might even be what's going on in the brain is also affecting the immune system. So until you stop what's going on in the brain, you can't fix the immune system. So, and the intervention for that is actually psychological techniques. It's uh, neurolinguistic programming uh, and in emotional state changes. And um, some of it is uh, CBT related stuff, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, but it's more um, 
actually uncon uh, retraining the amygdala, for example, which is tends to be better using things like neurolinguistic programming. So you can actually, and because of neuroplasticity, which is the idea that you, your brain can change and it can create new cells and new neurons, just as a, a bad cell can grow and you get this cell assembly effect and a bad reaction that's programmed in, you can reprogram it with NLP. So this is where the psychology side becomes really important. And that's clinical experience when you're able to sit there and look at somebody's whole case profile and go, OK, how much is this going on in the brain? It's not in the mind. It's in the brain. And how much is it coming from the gut? And that's where many of us practitioners who sort of co-founded clinics where we had a psychology division and a nutrition division. This is we're on like the cutting edge of like, uh, I suppose, the mind, understanding the mind body. So that is a big theme on the summit as well. I just thought I would throw that in there just to muddy the waters even more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm glad, Nikki, that you threw that in because I think a lot of functional medicine docs, we tend to forget about the brain. Well, I don't yes. tend to, I don't forget about the brain. I know that it's there and it can be a huge part of health. But for a lot of people, the brain is forgotten about. And again, for our listeners out there, when Nikki is talking about the brain, she's not saying that it's all in your head, that you're just making it up. She's saying that there is a problem in the brain that needs to be addressed. Exactly. So glad you really stressed that point, because obviously, you know, we've had a tragic thing happen in the, the CFS community of certain psychiatrists and certain groups that have had funding reliant on them making certain statements that you know the illnesses are in your mind or you're just a little bit depressed you know go and have a cup of tea and you'll you'll be better that kind of awful approach and that's tragic um so we can understand there's a lot of suspicion from patients who when we start talking about anything to do with the brain and now we're talking about psychological techniques as well there can be suspicion but um it this is this is an unconscious limbic system disorder. This is not the patient's fault. Uh, they're not making it up. They're not, you know, creating it by trying to get attention or anything silly like that. This is a, a tragic thing that's happening in the brain, which is this missed uh, aspect. And that the psychology techniques are, are going to be the very much the best techniques. And that's why things like meditation are so important, because the studies are there showing that you can calm the amygdala response down through meditation. I mean, and this is so important just to, if the brain is in this basically a chronic state of stress, because it's got limbic kindling, which means those stresses are wiring that stress response into the brain, your whole body is in a state of chronic stress, because the brain does uh, is the master controller of the rest of the body. So we talk about stress state, healing state. And if you're in limbic kindling, you're going to be in chronic stress, which means you're not in you're in you're not in rest, digest, detoxify. So we need patients to be in their healing state. While you want to you want people to be in the healing state while you address the gut and the mitochondria and these other things. So the limbic work is it's very important. Um, and just one other aspect we have to keep an eye on time here, which I'm not overrunning. But there's just the last point here. Um, when people get ill with chronic fatigue, there's the, I really recommend people look up the work of Patricia Fennell because she has done amazing work on this thing called the four-phase um, model of chronic complex illness, and it doesn't just apply to chronic fatigue syndrome. And it's basically uh, people go through crisis phase, stabilization, resolution, and then integration. And in the first phase of the illness, becoming ill is a trauma. 
the process of your life collapsing around you is a trauma. So emotional trauma is a form of limbic kindling. So at this stage, you, you want to match treatment intervention to phase the pers- the patients in. So not only do you need to think about the brain uh, when you're approaching chronic fatigue, it would help if both patients and practitioners actually understood what is the interior emotional and mental state of the patient. And that's the other area in functional medicine we don't get into so much, but I think we've been lacking in models up to now. There was many other aspects I could have mentioned as well that are really important to understand what's going on in the internal uh, emotional state of the patient. So for the listeners out there, if you're suffering with fatigue, and especially if you're suffering from chronic fatigue syndrome, I highly recommend you listen to the Abundant Energy Summit because this is a summit that Nikki hosted and she interviewed some of the top specialists from around the world. Nikki, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, just briefly. Um, it was a very it was an in, very interesting summit to do because I wanted all the functional medicine experts involved because we love the functional med- medicine model and I'm totally with you, Dr. Carey. I think it really is the future of uh, medicine for chronic complex illness. So we had uh, on the thought leadership panel, I had people like Dr. Jeffrey Bland, who's the founding father of that whole movement. And some of the kind of superstars of the movement, movement kind of spoke like Dr. Tom O'Brien. I mentioned Dr. Boshdani, uh, Dr. Liz Lipsky, uh, the great digestive wellness uh, a PhD nutritionist, um, but I also uh, address these wider aspects. So I actually collaborated with a, the theoretical psychologist and philosopher Ken Wilber because we need a model that's bigger than the functional medicine model to bring in all the internal states of the psychology and, and the brain and psychoneuroimmunology. So Ken Wilber, we used his integral theory model he was part of the thought leadership uh, panel so and also a brilliant doctor called uh, dr dietrich klinghart who also works in a very integrative way because we brought edison into it psychology and the functional medicine so we brought the best of the best people like dr roland mccrady from heart math uh, talking about the energy medicine side even professor gerald polak the world's leading being expert on healthy water so um, we covered everything in your what could be affecting your internal environment your external environment what you need to do in, uh, physiologically what you will be wanting to look at uh, in your cultural psychological emotional and relationship environment so I think it had more of a comprehensive and kind of radically inclusive comprehensive approach than you could ever get anywhere <laughs> that was the aim of the summit so it was uh, it was very interesting <laughs> I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you have the big powerhouse people on your summit. It, it was completely impressed. I mean, absolutely <laughs> impressed by all the great speakers that you have and just how you put it together. So, Nikki, how can our listeners find out about your summit? Where do they go to sign up? Yep, thank you. Uh, they can just go to www.abundantenergysummit.com. Uh, and they, it's available there uh, for people can purchase a digital version or um, they can also get hard copy if they choose. And there's also, I do a lot of articles related to this whole subject, obviously, and my personal website is uh, nikigratrix.com, N-I-K-I-G-R-A-T-R-I-X.com. And um, from September time, I'm available for consultations as well. So for the listeners out there that are driving right now or jogging or um, biking. I'll make sure that those links are in the podcast notes so you can easily find Nikki's summit and you can easily find Nikki's website. Nikki, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has just been an awesome interview. Thank you. I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed it.
All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Nikki Gratrix. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carrie.